Welcome back to season four of the Balance Boldly podcast, the podcast where we get bold about our balance and campaign to shake the shame that stunts our growth. I'm your host, Nikita Thigpen, balance and relationship advisor for bold women in business and a few brave men. The Balance Boldly podcast is sponsored by All About Leverage integrates LinkedIn and social selling innovation to build power networks, open more doors, and maximize client acquisition. From on-site to virtual training programs, concierge social marketing programs, LinkedIn executive profile optimization, speaking engagements, power networking groups, and LinkedIn coaching, All About Leverage is a full-service LinkedIn and social selling resource. Learn more at allaboutleveragellc.com. As always, and you guys know I've missed you because we take a little bit of a pause between our seasons, I have another amazing woman, but more than just my normal amazing guests, this is the woman that I think many of you more than need, but don't know you need her yet. You're actually hoping to need her in your life because what she's an expert in, in addition to all the gifts that multiple, you know, genius women that we are, we have, she is all about the suddenly. Amy Lease is a financial advisor with Janie Montgomery Scott. She provides comprehensive financial planning and tax-efficient investment management to families and business owners. Her specialization is in sudden wealth, which includes those inheritance you get when unfortunately someone who you loved passes away, those divorces that if nothing else good comes out of it, it's the fact that you're set for life, the sale of a business, or even a personal injury, you know, like those medical device litigation issues or something like that that comes up. I'm not talking about car accidents. I'm talking about major personal injury that, of course, you know, traumatize you in one way, but could provide this windfall of money that now you have no idea what to do with. So, of course, as all things balance boldly, everything we talk about in business obviously transfers over to how it impacts your relationships and your life. And I personally feel that if I have the opportunity and potential misfortune to come across something in my life that causes a greater opportunity of wealth to literally fall in my life and I have this suddenly moment happen, I want somebody like Amy who can direct me in the right way so I don't get sucked into the family bubble of now and all these cousins coming out of the wind wall talking about some, hey, cuz, I need you to, you know, sign me a check for $50,000. So, <laughs> Amy Lee's welcome to the Balance Boldly Podcast. How are you? I'm doing well. Thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> you're welcome. You know you're my girl. And of course, I hope to never need you. But at the same time, I, I know who to call if that tragedy happens in my life or if I decide to sell my business, which you and I know I never do. But that would be um, a good opportunity for Sutton Wealth. So I want to dive in and talk to you, Amy, about how you got started specifically in dealing with those suddenly wealth challenges and issues that people, you know, all across the world that come into your sphere are dealing with and how you help them. Sure. So I have a PhD in educational psychology. Most financial advisors uh, don't come from that background. I thought I was going to grow up and be a professor. And as you know, life happens. So I was, I mean, we're talking, this is 12 years ago now. I was defending my dissertation. My school loans kicked in. And I realized I, I had to get a decent paying job. I was super lucky that my firm, Gianni Montgomery Scott, was hiring. 
So I took a position in our corporate office, uh, coaching and training other financial advisors because I love behavioral finance, kind of that psychology of money piece of it. Mm. Uh, so along the way, I got my Series 7, which is like your basic stockbroker license, started giving advice to friends and family, and then just really built my practice the way every other financial advisor does. So it was retirement planning, college planning, estate planning, tax-efficient investing, money management, high net worth clients, the whole nine yards, just like everybody else. And then a couple of years ago, my best friend's dad died. Mm. And in working through that process with her she inherited a good amount of money and we were having a conversation about and I was her financial advisor and I said to her gosh if only we knew somebody that had a background in finance and psychology I was like wait a minute that's me (laughs) (laughs) so she became my first sudden wealth client Uh, and really since then now I'd have to say probably about 60 or 70 percent of my practice is devoted to helping people who have in some way shape or form Um, come into sudden wealth. So as you were saying, it's usually through um, inheritance, divorce, personal injury. Um, You know, it's funny when people hear, when I first say I work with sudden wealth, everybody thinks, oh my gosh, I want to be like that because they think I don't represent a single lottery winner. Mm -hmm. That would be great. So any lottery winners who are listening, call me. (laughs) Um, But for the most part, it's really, uh, I get a lot of referrals from attorneys. Uh, It's something usually sad or some sort of emotional, even the sale of a business is is challenging for people emotionally because it's a transition in their life. It's something that they have to go through. And I'm not a coach. I am not a therapist. Uh, I, I have great coaches and therapists that I refer to. I still do all of the same retirement planning and tax efficient investing and all of that. I think the difference is that I do it with more empathy. I'm able to ask better questions. Uh, around some of the tangential topics there. Um, I have a greater knowledge of the tax consequences, the kind of trusts and estate planning that's usually involved Mm -hmm. in these situations um, than what you would normally come across in a financial advisor. No, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about, dang, like your background more than you could have imagined prepare not only you for this new career, which is a completely different career than you went to school for technically, uh, but also is such a positive attribute. That was the word I think I'm looking for, for what your clients and potential clients can get. Because the reality is, you know, better than most people that they're not just dealing with the loss of someone. They now have this gain that they feel guilty about, right? Like I got all this money, but I just lost my dad or my husband or my child or whatever that, you know, the case may be, Um, even if it is, you know, something a little bit less, quote unquote, traumatic, potentially like the sale of a business, they could have had to sell the business to take care of a loved one and got this windfall in versus it being something like uh, you and I were having a conversation the other day. And I was like, oh, like serial entrepreneurs, you know, who are just selling one and moving on to the other. And you were like, yeah, that could, but not quite that normally. You know, like you can really deal with it. Super interesting to see how people make decisions Mm -hmm. based on their relationship to the money. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's kind of where the behavioral finance piece comes in. Because what it really looks at is how you make decisions. And specifically in this case, it's how you make decisions financially. But really, it's when you start talking about things like loss aversion, opportunity costs, those those are relevant both financially but in personal relationships as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I 
money. So I am a perfect example of this. Um, I own Tiffany stock in my portfolio. Mm-hmm. Uh, my compliance department would like me to tell you that I neither recommend, <laughs> right. recommend that you own it. Please know that any advice I give is just what I'm saying right now. Um, but I own Tiffany stock in my portfolio because I inherited it from my grandmother. Mm. She gave it to me as a wedding gift and then she passed soon thereafter. Um, and the stock itself, Tiffany's, you know, it's okay. It's, it doesn't fit necessarily with my overall portfolio allocation, but I'm never going to sell it. I'm going to pass that thing down to my daughter because emotionally, uh, that connection to my grandma, that was the last thing I had connected to her. That's... And so, it, yeah, it's, it's just really interesting when you think about how people are connected that way to their investments. Yeah, no, um, that's pretty powerful for one like I talk about money and relationships a lot um, partially because people you know I'm the balance girl right like most people think balance they think sitting in a a yoga pose meditating and you know visualizing the water which is all important because those are mind you hashtag I do that I do do those things but that's not the bigger issue that comes for me most of my clients are coming through the you know, I'm just trying to build my business. I'm trying to build my career to go to the next level. And I've had people say to me multiple times, I'm too focused on building my business or building whatever it is, their career, their profession, than I can on balance right now. And I hear it a lot. So I typically say things like building business with balance so you can handle and manage everything that's coming. But part of that is by taking a deeper dive. So I use my clinical that way. It's taking a deeper dive at what is your relationship with money? Why do you feel an urgency in one area and not in another? And sometimes it's the urgency to make the money, but not necessarily the urgency to manage it, you know, to do it well. Like, oh, I just need to get another car. I need to pay off these loans. I need to do whatever. But to your point and the knowledge you have, there's a lot of ways that you can handle it, but you have to be willing to be vulnerable enough from the client perspective to look at what's underneath of that. Why are you holding on to, you know, I'm not saying that this particular stock isn't doing well because I know nothing about it. And disclaimer, this is not an advertisement for Tiffany's. But, you know, in that there could be, it could not be doing well. Like you could make room and and use money for other things or whatever to move things around, but you have an emotional tie to that. And some people are doing that with just the sudden wealth that they've had, period, because they're afraid to invest it. They're afraid to move things around and do it different because what if it never comes back? What if I lose it? Like there is a strong bond between your relationship, how you were raised, things that were imparted to you, experiences you've had in your adult relationships that affect how you manage what you have. And I'm not just talking about dollar bills, investment stocks, you know, your health, your wellness, like it applies to everything. Those things carry over. And you, as opposed to many other really great financial planners who have, you know, similar series, similar certifications, all that, you have that ultra benefit, Amy, of having, you know, 12 years of education in a completely different field (laughs) that you can carry over and it helps people get unstuck. Yep. And, and so what you're referring to is really normal, and most people, um, even those who study the concept, it's called loss aversion, and the fear of loss dramatically outweighs um, what they think they're going to gain on the upside. And so financially, when we talk about balance and we talk about diversification and we talk about um, looking at spending versus income and we talk about all of that stuff, and 
loss aversion is a piece of that. People are reluctant to take risks with their portfolio. They're reluctant to move money here and there. They're reluctant, whatever it is, because they're so scared and that fear of losing. But what's what I think is also what I what I enjoy kind of thinking about is beyond the financial piece of it is how is that holding you back? And I think that this kind of speaks to what you do so well is how is that loss aversion holding you back personally, professionally, right? Because there's there's an opportunity cost. I mean, financially, you, you only have so much money. And if you invest in one thing, then there's an opportunity, a loss opportunity cost of what you could be investing in elsewhere. But that same concept of opportunity cost, well, that's true for you know, what you see in life in terms of relationships. We see people who um, are in bad relationships for so long because they have a fear of, well, what if this is as good as it's going to get, mm-hmm. right? Like, what if this is, what if this is good? And they're, they're, they're scared of being alone. They're, they're scared of losing the relationship. They're in these really bad relationships. Meanwhile, there's a lost opportunity cost of the great relationship or the great business or the great project, whatever it is, that they could be in. But a lot of people don't think about the, the opportunity cost piece of it. Um, and then there's, you know, about the sunk cost fallacy, right? Mm-hmm. Throwing the good money after bad, right? So it's like, well, we've already invested so much. Mm-hmm. We, should, we should put more. We should put more money in this project. We should put more time into this relationship. Maybe then it will be okay. Um, and so it's, you know, it's part of what I do is I have these conversations with people and I, I try to hold a mirror up and point out to them when they're making decisions from an emotional place instead of a um, more logical place. Absolutely. Uh, but you, yeah, you see it financially, but you see it in so many other ways in a person's life. Mm-mm-mm. Listen, Amy, you know you and I are about to go down the rabbit hole. So before we do that, because <laughs> you know I want to dive in so deep here because it's so uber relevant to not just our bold women in business, but those brave men that are out here listening to this podcast as well, because we know you're there. Our statistics tell us that you are. You're just afraid to show up and say, it's me, it's Damien, it's David. Okay, I'll tease you later. So let's take a quick break and pay a little bit of homage, as my husband Dean hates me saying that, to our sponsors who also share this message with their groups, their teams, their clients, and their employees. We'll be right back. Ever had a moment in your life where you stopped and said, you're simply not where you wanna be? I know I could do better. Why can't I get myself to the next level? Or why do I feel stuck? Well, if this is you, I have the answer. My friend Lolly Doskel's new book, The Leadership Gap, What Gets Between You and Your Greatness, shines a light on the obstacles that keep us from achieving our dreams. Lolly's book provides simple and easy to implement solutions that will help you achieve the success you want in your life, career, and business. For those that don't know, Lolly Doskal is one of the most sought-after executive leadership coaches in the world. Her extensive cross-cultural expertise spans 14 countries, 6 languages, and hundreds of companies. If you want exceptional results, then order Lolly's book today. Go to theleadershipgapbook.com, identify your gaps, and get unstuck. Welcome back to Balance Boldly. Thank you guys so much for staying on and listening to this great information, advice, and experience that we're getting from Amy Lees, who is not encouraging you to put into a specific stock or investment, but who is definitely sharing with you why your relationship with money matters 
and how you can prepare yourself to plan for the suddenly, which is partially by looking at those emotional ties that are connected. This is the benefit that you get from someone who has a PhD in educational psychology and happens to have all these, I don't know how many series, what is it, the Finver series 766 and all these other things that she has to help you really manage and grow. Uh, whatever you were blessed with having, regardless of the way that it came in. So right before break, Amy, you were saying such a good, you made such a, a valuable point around those emotional ties and what's really happening underneath of that. The thought that I was having with um, some of the clients that kind of, you know how you have people that come to mind when someone's saying something like, oh yes, that's so-and-so, or this is, you know, this is the other person. I don't want to say any names. But when you mentioned that, I immediately thought of at least seven clients that I work with currently between group and individual programs that are dealing with managing the guilt that they feel from gaining something, not necessarily just money for all of them, but gaining something through a loss that they took a really long time managing. And specifically, the example you used around relationships and saying, you know, I have put all this time in, I just need to put a little bit more time in. And then they did that for another three, five, 10 years and were really pissed when they looked back and said, I could have got out of this in year two or year five or year eight. But in those years, I kept convincing myself to stay a little bit longer. And now we're 20 years in. And they're really, you know, they're getting out of those situations now, but now it's ugly. Now everyone's in a state of regret and pissed off and, and managing all kinds of emotions. And I'm sure you deal with that a lot when the attorneys refer to you at that appropriate time before the house burns down, you know, in the divorce <laughs> with, with all that stuff. Like what's going on there for you with your clients when they're experiencing this? Like, I am not just upset. I am pissed that I had to deal with all of this just to get that, I don't know, I'm going to just say a million dollars, I don't know, you know, whatever people consider wealth, like just to finally get something that doesn't even put a dent in the pain that I experienced staying in this relationship with you. So that's hard. And we see a lot of anger, especially around, usually inheritance tends to be more sadness, although there is some anger around the lost opportunities there too. The if only, you know, yeah. the, if only I'd had one more day, if only I'd gone to dinner with them one more time. And the divorce, you tend to see more anger, although it really depends on who initiated it. Um, if the woman initiated it, there's more of a sense of empowerment. Um, like, ah, this is it. I put in that time, but now this is my time and I'm going to own this and we're going to have my financial future. Let's go. Um, and then. When it's the woman, though, who is the one that's really been hurt in the situation, um, usually there's a longer time for pause and reflection. In that first six months, especially, um, we don't necessarily make any drastic changes. Some women are like, I'm going to sell the house. I've had it. If you don't have to, like, we tend to just have a moment of pause. So that way you are not acting financially or personally out of those feelings of anger and regret and everything else. Uh, and then during that time, we start making lists around, well, what are your goals? Mm. You know, let's, let's look a little bit forward. What are your goals? After the six-month period, what would you like your life to look like? Um, and what does that mean for you? And what do we need to do to get there? So we can still do some planning, but anything that's a really significant change, we tend to hold off a little bit more. Yeah, that makes sense. And what about for you? Because I know 
for me as a balance and relationship advisor, who's also a breakthrough success coach when I'm dealing with the business, you know, the entrepreneurial aspect, who has all this clinical background, yada, yada, yada. Most of you guys know, you know, my whole CV. Um, but with that, I will see in all of my expertise and you can't, you know, see me now pointing to my head, but I always say that I'm typically the first partaker of the deepest level of advice that I can give to someone, even if I haven't necessarily dealt with that, that exact experience that they have. Like I've never lost my father to death, but I've lost him to other things, to his own addictions and things like that. So do you ever see yourself when someone is experiencing, and I know you're just celebrating your 10 year anniversary. So I'm assuming that it's not around divorce, right? Like we're not, we're not putting him into that basket. Um, but, you know, experiencing the, the loss or the regret or the, the anger, the frustration, the denial, you know, the different emotions that might come up, regardless of the specific, specific incident that provoked the feeling. Do you ever find yourself sitting across the table from someone who is really raw and really vulnerable and being able to attach yourself to that emotion in a way that allows you to actually break your own box, pun intended, to really help them manage their money and maybe a traditional way a non-traditional way than you would have offered had you not had that emotional reaction or attachment for lack of a better analogy yeah so yes and no <laughs> uh, in some ways yes right so as humans we all we all can tap into that past history of regret and sadness and anger and frustration and everything else and know that uh, I'm sitting across from someone who has some real emotions that they're going through and I keep a box of tissues mm -hmm. <laughs> readily available um, and know that that's going to be part of the discussion. Um, but by the same token, um, my clients are coming to me or they're paying me because they don't want me to become emotional. Mm -hmm. Somebody in our relationship needs to be making rational decisions. Mm -hmm. And that in this case is me. Um, because it's not my dad who just died, because it's not my, like if, if actually if my dad passed, I, I would go to a trusted advisor and say, let's sit down and help me work through this because I know at that point I might not make the best decision. Right. Um, so in those cases, when you are going through, um, something so emotional, you want to be able to go to an objective third party, a trusted advisor, like a financial advisor, an attorney, somebody like Unikitty. People should be calling you left and right um, because your brain literally in that moment is not capable of making a rational decision. So true. Um, the other thing I like to do and I like to recommend people do is when they are making um, decisions or rational choices in that moment, write down what you thought the expectation was going to be, what the end result was going to be, and then review that along the way. So let's say I'm going to take on a new uh, marketing project. Mm -hmm. When I first decide, okay, here's how I'm going to my, market my business for the next six months. I'm going to write down, okay, um, this is what I think the metrics are going to be. This is what I think the outcome is going to be. This is how I'm going to measure it. And then in six months from now, Right, so that's when I'm rational. I make that decision. I'm like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. Right, and then I actually start spending money on marketing, and I invest my time and my energy, and I'm really into it. And then time goes by, and maybe my marketing idea isn't working out. 
Well, now I'm emotionally connected to it. Right. And I'm going to be like, oh, I should put more money in it. <laughs> right. Then it will work. I just mm-hmm. need to try harder, right? Because women are always like, well, I'm just not trying hard enough. Mm-hmm. Right? I need to try harder at this. Well, that's when I get out my notes from six months ago. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, it says very clearly, dear Amy, you know, you were rational when you wrote this. Right. <laughs> if it's six months from now and your numbers don't meet these numbers, please reconsider, you know, loving me. P.S. You're having a great hair day. Like, that's literally <laughs> like the kind of note that I will write myself mm-hmm. because you have to almost talk to your future self, like leave notes for your future self. So you want to like work with trusted advisors, right? Work with coaches, therapists, um, attorneys, financial advisors, and then leave notes to your future self, whether it's about your money, your relationships, your business. So that way when your future self is in an emotional state, you're able to still have some moments of clarity. I absolutely love that. It's literally like a step in preparing for what could be a suddenly experience, right? Like you prepared the six month, to use your your analogy, you prepared for the six month plan of all this greatness and then suddenly it didn't work. (laughs) And now you're having this reaction that you weren't experienced. But if you left that note to your future self, you had something that actually prepared you to manage what was coming up, which might include, you know, part of that PS great, you're having a great hair day is if you're still considering, you know, going a little bit further with this, please do not go further. Please call Nikita, you know, like. (laughs) It's another reason why it's so good to have somebody like you in their lives, because at that three month, six month mark, it's good to be able to check in with somebody who gets you emotionally, yeah. right? So kind of what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. I totally understand what my client is talking about emotionally. I just can't cross that bridge with them. Right. Because I need to be the one saying, okay, hold up, let's let's rethink, or this is what you said three months ago, and like kind of hold them to that. Mm-hmm. Um, while we're talking about planning suddenly, if I can go off on a little bit. Yeah, of course. Side topic, um, because what I have found in working with um, – with people, especially business owners, entrepreneurs, who are always so focused on the business and the day-to-day and the time that they're going to spend with their family and what's going on, um, it's super, super important, right? As the person who sees what happens in a sudden wealth event, it is super important that you take time now to get your stuff in order. Mm-hmm. Get all your paperwork in order. Go talk to an estate attorney. Make sure you have a will and a power of attorney and medical directives. Make sure that your loved ones have a copy of it. Have a, you know, a file somewhere that somebody can find that has passwords or something in it. Um, make sure that if, gosh forbid, you are incapacitated, someone else can easily pick up a file and find everything that they need. Um, because what I've seen too often, I mean, this is happening like right now. I have a client who's coming in tomorrow morning whose husband, for the most part, managed the finances. Mm -hmm. And he died very young, very suddenly, unexpected. Mm -hmm. Um, And so not only is she dealing with all of the emotional um, stress and trauma around that, but she she can't even find all the bank accounts to pay Uh. the bills. She can't even, right? The mortgage is still due. Right. That doesn't go away. But now she's trying to sort through just old, taxes and receipts and it's it it makes it that much more difficult so i guess my 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 thought to people who are listening is um you know make it easier 
on your loved ones, make it easier on everyone else and kind of get your, get your stuff together now. I love that. I'm literally writing down like dear future self. <laughs> here is how to prepare for this suddenly, um, <laughs> which I think is honestly going to be the name of this podcast, which I always love to name, you know, towards the end after I get a, a real good grip of the organic flow and the kind of where we went with it. You make such a valuable point. I think so many people, especially if you're a business owner, an entrepreneur, a, a high level professional, as most of our listeners are, you know that you should have a will, right? Like, you know that you should have a fireproof cabinet somewhere in your house that doesn't just hide the gun, but also hides, you know, your birth certificate, social security, passports, and that kind of thing. But knowing and doing are two very different things. Because you know you should do it. You watch enough Grey's Anatomy to know it, but <laughs> right? But you don't necessarily do it because you have this this sensibility that happens and occurs over us so that it keeps us moving forward day to day and doesn't pull us into the negative or the pessimistic thoughts that you you just know you're going to wake up tomorrow which isn't necessarily the case to your point with your client that you know who's going through such an unimaginably difficult time your other half of you didn't wake up the next day or what you know or didn't come home that day as they were planning right when you were you know cooking them dinner or whatever the case is those things really happen and in one truism in life is as sure as you will live you will die like those are two very clear things that we know will happen you can't control the beautiful marriages the loss of children the loss of spouses you know the loss of mobility you can't control any of that in between but if you have lived you will die and I think that 2017 when this podcast is being recorded is it should be a wake up and reminder with all of the political crazy and all of the different things that we've experienced in the United States of America and our allied countries that we know, love and trust and all that is life is not guaranteed. And you do need to be prepared for the suddenly, like pun intended, I'm going to say that over and over again, especially if you have children, nephew, you may not have children of your own, but if you have nephews and nieces, loved ones, that really good neighbor that you just love to pieces and wish she really was your mama or your grandmom, like you want to be able to leave something behind, not just in the legacy of, you know, hey, you know, Nikita was a really nice lady. She said some good words every once in a while. Have some some organization left for your family so they're not more overwhelmed by not only losing you or having to make difficult decisions if you're incapacitated incapacitated to your point Amy that you brought up but also now they need to be able to survive like my husband would god knows he would have no idea what to do if I wasn't here that is real you know what I mean like he is the most brilliant man that I have ever met in my entire life he is such a high level genius that he is quite on the level of crazy like that's who I marry, he's very peculiar, very weird, creative, introverted. He also would be incapacitated by the fact that I'm no longer here to manage what we do on a day-to-day because I'm the case manager for our house, similar to your client's husband. So if I don't have that fireproof safety box that he has the code to, that has all those things, and an accordion file folder that is very organized with home insurance, mortgage, legal papers, business, if I didn't have that, everything that I spent you know, a long time without giving my age away, a long time building, it would die in like three months because he wouldn't even know, he wouldn't even want to come out of a dark corner to, you know, figure it all out. We would have eviction notices on our doors because he would just stop paying everything if I didn't lay things as clearly as possible. So I think you made such a powerful, super powerful 
point that obviously sparked something in me, right? Like I'm all, <laughs> I'm all fired up now. Thanks to you, Amy. I can't even like get my words together. <laughs> I, mean, I have to tell you, like I'm very sorted, um, which makes me good at my job, mm-hmm. but not super fun at parties. <laughs> <laughs> you almost made me choke on my tea. Um, <laughs> I could um, see where that would be a major benefit because you get to help people process the what ifs, right? Like you and I were talking about that before. Like what if you didn't not only choose to be brave enough to go into another door of a career because you could have stayed where you were and been struggling to pay your loans, you know what I mean, 12 years later. What if you didn't do that? But also, what if you didn't look at the deeper negative side that allows you to help people make those tough decisions at a difficult time? Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. It's a good way to look at it. Um, it it's just, I'm so grateful that I get, I mean, if you had told me, you know, 15 years ago that this is who I would be, <laughs> and, and you can't see me right now, but I'm walking around, I've got my hairs all nice and done, I'm wearing pearls. I mean, I, I never would have believed that this, right, I was going to be like the really cool professor who wore jeans to class every day <laughs> and sat on the desk and all the students would be like, yeah, you got to take Dr. Reese's class. That was really where I thought I was going to wind up. Mm. And the fact that I get to wake up every day and help people when sometimes they're in their, you know, darkest, saddest times and know that, you know, at the end of it, everything's going to be okay. And I'm just, I'm so grateful and so fortunate that I get to have this experience. And I never, if I had stayed and tried to keep, you know, fighting hard to be that professor, I, I never would have gotten this opportunity. So true. You had to learn how to, what is it, uh, hire slow, fire quick. You had to do that with yourself. <laughs> yes. With the career. I mean, seriously, because you still could have went down that path and eventually ended up here, but you would have not had the same type of momentum or maybe even energy left to really invest in your your new career, your second career, the way that you would have had you not, you know, been drained because you were trying to hold on so much to, you know, that idea of being Professor Lee's, which you could still do, by the way, if you wanted to adjunct, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Coming from the lady who's always balancing something. So tell everyone, Amy, how do you take some unapologetic pause for yourself like when you're just really like there's a lot going on business is great we're making a lot of money but the morbidness is at a overflow for even me what do you do to recalibrate and rejuvenate yourself so I have this uh thing theory whatever you want to call it Mm -hmm. that I cannot be in the same zip code as my birthday oh so every single year for the most part um Every single year, ever since I've been in college, I go away. Um, consistently, I go away. I, and when I was younger, I tried to leave the country. Now I'm happy if I can just get a couple of hours away. Uh, this year, I actually, yesterday, I just booked a cruise for myself uh, to Bermuda, so I'm super excited. Um, and last year was one of the first years in a long, 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 long time that I was not able to get away. And it was awful. And it really just left me like reinvigorated. Every single year for my birthday, I just need a couple of days of peace and quiet. I just want to read and reflect and eat Chinese food and (laughs) ice cream. (laughs) And and so I'm very, I set some pretty strong boundaries around 
you know, I talk to my husband and it means we have to get coverage for our daughter mm-hmm. and it means that, um, and I'm always working like 24 seven, my, my clients have my cell phone number. So yes, I will bring my laptop with me on the ship in case something happens, mm-hmm. but, but they also know that, um, that I'm going away and that this is kind of my time. So if there's an emergency, they can reach out, but otherwise like this is, this is just kind of it for me. I love that. You know what it is for those ultra achieving, high achieving women um, that we typically work with. It's really difficult for them to have non work specific or work directed vacations. But what you did is you infused it in a kind of a non-negotiable way, which I absolutely love because what you're doing with this, you know, going outside of your birth zip code for your birthday, it kind of holds you to a mandatory vacation, right? Like it literally, it became something that was non-negotiable for you. And instead of it just being this arbitrary, which many of us back out of the arbitrary, oh, I have to take a vacation every year. Yeah, but the year could go by and you never did it because you never anchored it to something like you've anchored it to your birthday, which I think is an amazing way to do that, especially for women like us who do work really long hours, who love what they do, but have a hard time kind of turning it off because of the nature of your business and, you know, the energy and passion from which you move forward from. I think that's an excellent idea. So that's great. I think I may have to borrow that. That's actually... Let me write that down. My vacation and my my birth zip code. Um, I'm literally writing this down like I'm one of your students in your class. How about that? Um, <laughs> that's so cool. So how can people follow up with you, Amy, if they want to go a little further, they want to know more about what you do under Janie Montgomery Scott, or just want to talk to you about, you know, the fact that they want to prepare for the possibility of sudden wealth because they know something they can feel it. You can usually feel it in their energy space that something is happening. You just can't put your finger on it. And it could be three or five years down a road, but they want an opportunity to build with you now. Sure. So people can reach out to me primarily through LinkedIn. Uh, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I think that's it for me for social media. You can find me through my website, uh, amylease.com. Um, and you can always email me, call me, and we'll post all of that information in the notes for this uh, podcast as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, small disclaimer, as the balance lady, you are not allowed to call Amy at 11 o'clock at night if you are not a paying client, okay? I just want to put that out there um, for her <laughs> because I know how amazing oh, she is. <laughs> yes, do not answer unless it comes up under call it. I'm joking, but I have people say that all the time, like, you know, oh, you know, I need I need to get on your calendar before six weeks. I'm like, yeah, that's what our paid clients do. But we can book an appointment to have a conversation um, that doesn't give you carte blanche access because I got to walk my talk and manage my boundaries. Right. I love that. Yes. I, I would only hope that all of your listeners have such um, such success that they. They all need my help for a good reason in the future. Absolutely. Although she can open that box of the woodis if you want to walk down that. (laughs) That rabbit hole if you need a little bit of pushing. This was so awesome. Um, Amy, you have been amazing. Truth to everything that I've seen in our private conversations, offline, offsite, you are just incredible. And this was so fun for me. So thank you for taking time out of your day away from all of your clients and everything that you're managing to literally invest 
in all of us. I really appreciate you. Well, thank you. I really appreciate what you've been doing and kind of who you are in the world. And I just wish you and all your listeners all the best. Oh, thank you so much. All right, Amy, you don't go anywhere. You stay right there. Woo! Balance boldly. Was this incredible or what? I want to give another thank you to Amy Lee. She's been amazing. I also have to thank you all for staying tuned, for listening, for all the incredible downloads we've been getting. We've been getting a lot of new listeners, new followers on Spreaker, on iTunes, on Google Play. I super, super appreciate you. For those of you who are new to Balance Boldly, obviously, all you have to do is subscribe so you can get notifications whenever we're having our episodes because we do take a one to three week break in between seasons so we you can want us we want you to miss us right like we want you to have that every six or seven episodes but also make sure you share this podcast with everyone you know because there is someone who is going to deal with the suddenly so I want to make sure that we give a huge shout out to Amy and share this episode as well as the Balance Bully podcast to everyone you know so that everyone that's bold and brave can have access to these valuable balance tools that we have for you and your business your relationships and of course in your life and obviously as a sign off that I like to do as a homage to not just our sponsors but to our lovely expert Amy Lee's today I'd like to do a little bit of um a kind of um, shared experience of a takeaway that I have where I'm going to use her words and add a little bit of my takeaway to it. And the gentle honesty that Amy gave that left such a, a seed for me that I think so many of you could borrow from is understanding that many of us who have that fear of loss that dramatically outweighs what we think we will gain, we're holding ourselves back from literally experiencing the life and the dream that we want to have in your business or your relationships. So make sure that that loss aversion that's overwhelming you isn't taking over all of the opportunities that you can experience in your life. And that was courtesy of Amy Lease, and I think you should super appreciate that. Of course, if you're not already a member, come on over and join the community of investors who have decided to seed into themselves and balance boldly many of you should already know by now the dreamers blueprint is taking off and we haven't even opened the doors yet so make sure you sign up for the dreamers blueprint at dreamersblueprint.com it's a community designed for the bold women and brave men who are ready to balance all that matters boldly and make sure you follow me and continue the conversation over at balance boldly on twitter because i am there to answer your questions as long as you're brave enough to ask them Thanks again to Amy Lease, and until the next episode, enjoy the balance of your day, but do it boldly.